podcast where we see deep in a shallow world by exploring our surrounding culture through a biblical lens. We are back this week to honor mamas, biological moms, stepmoms, foster moms, adoptive moms, spiritual moms. And here with me to discuss the influence of moms are two more interns on my team, Lisa Maples and Tana Logan. Lisa Maples is a Jesus girl. She's a wife, mom to two teenagers, elementary school teacher, blogger at www.lisamaples.life, podcaster at the Savoring Bible Moments podcast, and she's part of the Seeing Deep Ministry team and contributor to Mommy and Me Cooking with Jesus. Tana is a Christian first, a wife, mother of five, and grandmother of four, with a fifth one on the way. She loves taking pictures of just about everything, co-producing a movie, writing a book, and just starting a class on becoming a leader in an addiction program. Welcome, sisters. Hello. Hi. Thank I'm you. I'm so thrilled to have you here. Thank you. We're excited to be here. Thank you for having us, Denise. My joy. I love serving with y'all. Well, the scripture for this episode is taken from 2 Timothy 1 verse 5. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. What an influence that is. How Timothy's mom and grandmother impacted his faith so much so that he would be working right with the Apostle Paul. That is a profound influence. I imagine some moms listening in can focus on where they have failed in their influence. I think we can feel shame for that because none of us are perfect. But friends, the world is constantly bombarding our children with worldly influence And the enemy wants to discourage us from being a significant influence in our lives, in their lives. But the fact is that God has us to be that special place of influence, and no one can take that place. I wanted to ask both of you, Lisa, first I'll start with you. Can you share a moment from your motherhood when you saw the influence that God gave you and your children and how it impacted both your children and you? Sure, Denise. Well, I am an elementary school teacher, and I had the great privilege of my daughters, both when they were in elementary school, coming to the same school where I taught at. That was amazing. But being public school, as you would know, we don't really have opportunities to share our faith um, in a way that you would more in a, a private setting. So, um, I love. I have loved doing things through our church. We had uh, s- opportunities to be volunteer camp counselors. So this moment I want to share is a time um, when I was being a camp counselor. My daughters uh, were there in our cabin um, at Camp Nasoka Pines. Uh, that was a, a campground that my church uh, would rent in South Carolina. A wonderful place. And um, it was sort of a den situation. And so all the girls in our cabin were sitting there and we were um, having our devotional time. So I had asked the Lord what he would have me say that evening. And um, knowing that I normally am talking in a public school setting, not in a, uh, a setting where I'm teaching Uh, where I was teaching children about the Lord other than my own, this was sort of a new area for me. But I'm telling you, there was great power that day and the Holy Spirit allowing me to share the testimonies of how my two daughters received Jesus. Mm. One of them actually received Jesus 
in the bathroom, in the private bathroom, in her first grade classroom at school. She felt the Lord wanting her to pray as a six-year-old child. And so I shared that story. My other daughter was saved at a children's crusade at our church. So I shared that. And by me sharing their faith stories, I believe it, it opened up the possibility for the other campers to be willing to accept Jesus. So it wasn't me just sharing a Bible lesson. It was me sharing the the faith stories of my own children. And guess what? The Lord called one of our campers to be saved that night. She Mm. recognized the need for Jesus. And I will always remember that night because, um, yes, I was the one talking, but I was so pleased that I was sharing Um, the testimony of even my own children. And um, I thought it was so important for them to hear their mom, someone who they often saw teaching publicly using science, social studies, topics like this, but, or technology. But when we were in a setting where we could share Jesus freely like that in a camp setting, it was just a powerful moment for me to get to share that. And um, I was just really glad that I had volunteered and it was my night to do devotion. So that was a wow. Well, that's what we call an eternal influence. You know, that's amazing. And really, I think, what we are seeking to do with our kids is have that eternal influence where they choose Christ, you know, to guard them and walk with them through this life and to be able to then have them help to share Christ with others. So that's incredible. Tana, how about you? What stands up to you is the most, maybe the most influential moment you had with your children? I think the, The moment I realized it was when I had been told that one of my children was standing up for God uh, Mm -hmm. on Twitter and around all of his peers. And being at home, I would have never even guessed that that was happening. And of course, I wasn't on Twitter or, or Facebook at the time. But when I was told that, I was just, I was in awe. And I realized that he was watching and he was listening and he was applying. Wow. And you know, the, the result there is incredible when you think about social media, which is such a downfall for so many, but for him to be then sharing Christ and standing up for the gospel, that's exponential, the influence there. So that's incredible. So we want to share today with you all 10 just what we consider to be the key ways of influence that we have had in our children's lives. And so I'm going to start off and share three of them with you. And then I'm going to, we're going to go around, uh, round Robin style and have uh, Lisa share and then Tana. So first for me was being diligent to read God's word and impart it to our kids. You know, it can be mayhem sometimes to be consistent with Bible time. And when my kids were little, especially, and I chose to homeschool them, it was kind of crazy some days, you know, and having consistent Bible time where you wonder if, if you're even getting through to them. And this scripture was what the Holy Spirit put on my heart at that time when my oldest 
was still in the womb. Deuteronomy 6, verses 6 and 7. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. And, you know, I think for me, this is one of those things people say, well, do you have to homeschool to be able to do that? And I would say no, but I would say seek God and ask him for how your children should be educated. And once you know that piece, then be involved in their education and make sure that scripture is a big part of that. Uh, Number two for me was live out your faith right in front of them. Don't try to be perfect. And that humility of admitting our need can have a profound influence on them. In fact, a couple of my kids have come back and told me that what made the biggest impression on them was simply me crying out to God right in front of them. You know, I didn't have it look totally perfect and we'd often get off schedule, but I would just bow down sometimes in the middle of the living room floor and cry out and pray to God. And Titus 2, 7 says, in everything, set them an example by doing what is good. In your teaching, show integrity, seriousness, and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us. And I see when we aren't hypocritical, when we really live out what we're seeking to impart to our kids, they catch it. It's a part of the culture. Mm -hmm. It isn't just words and just an external outward behavior. It becomes an inward one. And number three for me is guard the influence in their lives. First Corinthians 15:33 says, "Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character." Now my kids all know this verse because they said I said it a lot, but we really have to guard against worldliness. And I think sometimes we can feel pressure, peer pressure as moms when people will say, "Well, they get to do this." You know, even now, right now, I have a 17-year-old and I have different filters on his different devices and I take his devices sometimes just to give him a break. It isn't even a discipline sometimes. He's like, wait, why am I being punished? I'm like, you're not being punished. I just, I sense you need a break. And, you know, he'll have friends who say, oh, my parents don't do that, you know. But the bottom line is we are called to be that gate for our kids that protection and worldliness leads them away from God. And so for me, that was a big stickler. So Lisa, how about you? Uh, what are some three three different things that you think were the biggest source for you of influence in your children's lives? Sure. Well, first of all, I loved all the ones that you mentioned, and I, I totally wholeheartedly agree with those. I think that I'd like to start um, here by just mentioning kind of to piggyback on what I started with my other story about camp. I have let my children see me volunteer. And I think that's so important. Um, As a public school teacher, we know that we have lots of uh, heroes at the school, the moms, the dads who constantly volunteer, and we see them a lot. And I know some parents just can't volunteer their time. Their, their, Their jobs won't allow it. But what I've loved about being a public school teacher and having summers off is that it has allowed me to volunteer, especially during the summer. So I mentioned being the camp counselor. I've done that multiple times. 
um, I actually grew up going to church camp and the Lord did a mighty work in my life as a result of it. Um, And I'm so glad for that influence and I'm glad I could be there for my kids. But also things like our church does a summer drama week where we put on a production. And so I've been like a music coach. I've helped signing kids in. I have cooked hot dogs. So they they know that my presence is there to support them as well as the others in the community. Um, and the scripture I'd really like to mention with this is Mark 10, 16 in the ESV. It says, and he, meaning Jesus, took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. What I get from that scripture is Jesus made time for kids. Mm -hmm. He, He wanted them to come close to him and be with him. And when our kids see that we value them so much that we want to be with them um, and do what we can to make arrangements to be with them. I, I just think that's powerful. And it also shows them that I don't expect the rest of the world to do the training. I want to be a part of that training too. And I hope one day that will carry on to their children. My second um, point of how I feel that I've been an influencer is I have made sure uh, that we have made memories. And memories have come through cooking. But one of the things that I especially love that you mentioned in regard to sharing scripture with your children is that um, we would have bedtime Bible routines. Um, And my children are teenagers now, and they now have more of their uh, quiet time alone. Uh, At times, we'll together, of course, discuss the word, and I like to do that. Um, But I would love to read here um, from Deuteronomy uh, 6, Verses five through seven, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. I think it's been so important, not just at bedtime, but around driving around town in the car. We've we've talked their whole life about a scripture. We've sung songs. They've heard me sing. They've heard me pray over them. But I think um, just uh, my my one of my daughters. Um, I had her run and get a devotional that we used. She, she keeps in her room even as a teenager. It's called the Jesus Storybook Bible, written by Sally Lloyd Jones. And the way this incredible author wrote this book, she would take a Bible story and just kind of write it out in a kid-friendly language. So even before my youngest daughter could read, she was hearing me read these stories in a very uh, fun storytelling type of way. And she would get to a part and she would want to tell the story. So it began to be a fun thing. It wasn't just, um, I don't know, sometimes, uh, I I hate to say it, but I, I know that Bible reading is supposed to like sink into your heart. So the Holy Spirit can can allow our hearts to be affected by the word in many different ways, I believe. And so um, having that time was so special to me to build in times. And they will always treasure this storybook Bible that we used when they were smaller. Hmm. My third way is to be present, to influence my kids. And um, I wanted just to say that, um, you know, Sometimes as a mom, as a teacher also, we have, feel, we have this pressure to feel like we have it all together because everyone's watching us, right? But I just love 2 Corinthians 12, 9, and it says this, but he said to me, 
My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. When Mm. I say be present, my children know that I'm not perfect. And a lot of times, just as you said, when you would cry out to the Lord and your children heard you crying out, that's when I think we're our most authentic Christian selves. So that the, the children can see that we don't really know the answer. We don't have possibly a strength in a certain area, but that's where the Lord will help us and give us wisdom. Um, so ways that I've been present, even here recently, especially with middle teenagers and older teenagers, is to be a listener. If they come to me, I'm so glad that they've come by to talk or if they've texted me and I will stop what I'm doing and listen to them and not necessarily try to give an immediate answer, but just to be a good listener, you know, very, very quick to listen, I should say, but be listening so that I can process and understand what's happened. And I believe that it allows them to see that I'm still a safe space, just like I was when they were little. When they injured their knee on the playground, they could come to me, but now maybe it's their heart that is injured. And I'm so glad that um, the Lord has impressed upon me to be present. And if I don't know what to say, if I don't know how to handle it, um, I ask the Lord's wisdom, especially to help me and give me um, where I feel weak to be that strength. Um, because his grace truly is sufficient for, for us. Um, and I just, I really just wanted to share that. Um, and as one last thing, a part of it, um, when we listen, we can, we can also listen in when they're with their friends. If we happen, like if we are the driver, when they're driving, when we're driving them around town, heading over to Young Life, for example, um, I listen into what their, their friends are talking about and they, they like to hear my stories as well and my testimony. So it's a way for me to be present, to listen when they have a heavy heart and also just be listening to see what's going on with the others and what types of influences are truly speaking into their lives you know yes well you know you said two key things there and I feel like people listening need to hear this right now it is easy to compare to other people and say wow I didn't do that or hey I did do that Um, but really the two key things that Lisa just shared are by the power of the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. and by his grace And so the only way we can be a godly influence to our children is because of his incredible power and his grace. And so it isn't that we have our act all together, because I know I don't. I don't think y'all do either. No offense. (laughs) But, (laughs) but, But one thing we do is we press in after Jesus. We put ourselves, I tell my kids this, put yourself into position to receive God's blessing. Put yourself in a position to be in his word so that he will enable us. And so if you're listening and maybe some of these ideas are new to you, some of them, maybe you're leagues ahead of us. All of us are at the foot of the cross, just just appealing to God for his power, his grace to walk this out. And he will enable you to do that. So, Tana, what are uh, three ways that you have? Okay, well, first of all, I I know my youngest boy when he was in school and he was on fire for Jesus and he had 
uh, well, you know, people complaining about he wasn't supposed to talk about Jesus. And we ultimately decided to just pull him out and you know, homeschooling. And the scripture for it was training up a child in the way you should go. And mm-hmm. that's Proverbs 2, 22, 6, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And and I we just really wanted to instill in him not to be ashamed over it, you know, and, and not let others try to tell you what to believe. So, and it worked out real well. And awesome. So, second, um, his, the same child, his father and I were having some issues, and ultimately we decided to stay together. And then, as when he got older, he had come to us and told us that he was really thankful that we had stayed together, because you know he doesn't have to he doesn't have to go between you know parents and. He watches mm. a lot of other of his peers, even his other siblings, have to go in between parents. So, in uh, we pretty much instilled in him Ephesians five for that, you know, mm. uh, about love and and uh, hopefully he would take that into his uh, relationship, you know, and with his wife when he gets married. Amen. Yeah. And third, uh, I've tried to instill family time and make sure it was important that we still got together on holidays and birthdays and just to have a Sunday dinner, you know, and just um, have fellowship that way and show that we care and love for one another still, even though we're not in the same household anymore. Hmm. So good. And I, I like your points, Tana, because they're easy for me to remember when I think of imparting my faith and being faithful and really cherishing family time. And so if you're listening today and you're thinking, how how can I apply these things to my life? Well, we're going to have a download for you of these 10 key principles and, and the scripture behind them, because as we walk with Jesus, There are principles that he gives us in his word, and his Holy Spirit enables us to live them out. But sometimes we need encouragement, right? We need to to have accountability to help us do that. And I want to add one final one here. Um, Ultimately, one of the key hallmark uh, keys of influence was for me to connect with my kids, to knit my heart to theirs. And one way I remember, I still remember my oldest, um, tying a shoelace and showing her how you tied a knot and how um, when you didn't do that, you would trip and how I wanted my heart knit to hers. I wanted us to stay together. And I, I remember saying that to her when she was real, real little. And it's just neat to see she's now 27 and we love to cook together and we love to do things together. And that those, those knitting of the hearts in the early formative years are so important. But the good news is, even as um, Lisa was sharing, driving in a car, hey, I did a lot of taxi driving there for my kids. You know, it's finding those teachable moments where you can knit your heart to theirs. 
And they just really need that unconditional acceptance and rooting them on in a world that seeks to tear them down. So thank you both for joining me today. Thank you, Denise. Yes, thank you, Denise. What an important subject to understand the influence of a mom. Yes. Guard that influence, mamas. Use that influence. And next week, join me as we discuss cultivating a peaceful heart with Danielle Poorman. You've been listening to the Seeing Deep podcast where we dive into the word of God for the answers. Life problems. Mm-hmm.